Chanbonani, Dumelang, Apsheni. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Plena Informative Talks with Larata and Sharice. I love that. <laughs> Hello, yeah, how are you? Missing home today. <laughs> I know. We are. Yeah, yeah. We are. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. And I'm, good. I'm so excited about our topic today. Yes. And it's a very common topic. And I think a lot of people have been diagnosed with it. Yes. And kids and even adults. So it's one of the topics that people are very uh, familiar with and yeah let's dive into it yes so adhd and add well mainly known as ADHD, um, is Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And yeah, many, it's, this is quite well known. Many know of it. We have it. And yes, we're just going to talk a little bit more about it. The causes of ADHD is, as research show, it's unknown, but there are many theories. Yep. Uh, one of them are neurobiological issues. It could be hereditary. Could be environmental, so we're still unknown. Yeah, uh, still, yeah. There's a lot of research that has been done, and with the new, uh, I would say, as the technology is evolving, we're really getting to find out more and understand it better. But we really can't pinpoint and say this is the cause yet. So yeah, we'll just leave it there, and people can obviously do more research and find out about it according to where they are that's yeah. another thing because the availability of specialists differs from country to country yes so yeah it makes it but there are three types of adhd and the first one is inattentiveness which is they lack the ability to focus hyper uh, hyperactive which is the one that is people are most familiar with or impulsive yes. it's a very highly hyperactive and the third one would be the it's combined basically a child could have or an adult inattentiveness and hyperactivity at yes. the same time yeah 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 so we'll also dive into the symptoms which is which are the self-explanatory yeah. which you when you look at the the three types which is inability to focus lack of uh, attention they forget forgetfulness it's one of the main thing uh, yes. that shows that a child could have it because they could be going to the toilet coming back they wanted something they forget in yes. school they forget their pen where they left their bags their pencils shoes all of these things and and, yeah. and that could get them into quite a bit of trouble the yes. forgetful parts because yes. they forget to do certain tasks it could be related to homework it could be related to chores it could yeah. be uh, related to work that they've had to listen to or make notes you know so yeah. that could lead them into yeah. being in trouble yes yeah. being in trouble and yeah. also obviously that is directly linked to their yeah. self-image yeah. and exactly. what they're capable of doing and they would that's how they would reflect it yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that then you find that oh, this is a naughty boy. 
yes. because they don't listen, which is inattentiveness, and at the same time they yes. forget to do what they are expected yes. to do in school and even out of school at home. Moms obviously would be yeah. complaining that I bought these shoes yesterday or last week. Oh my God, came back with one shoe. <laughs> How many times have you heard parents saying, "I've had to buy so many school shoes and so many school jackets." Exactly, <laughs> because they just forgot it, forgot them in the yeah. playground area, and they can't even remember where yeah. they forgot them. Water bottles, yeah. all of these things. Yeah, so, I know that's yeah. a general thing with children. Yes. They have to be coached. Yes. I mean, they can't expect them to remember all the things. But yeah, I, mean, I think more so for yeah. people with ADHD adults as well. I mean, yeah. they're also forgetful. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. yeah. So they, that's very hard for them to, mm. to multitask. Is another yeah. one. Yeah. Or to switch between different tasks, different cognitive yeah. uh, difficult uh, differences, yeah. and um, they're easily distracted, which mm. I find yeah. uh, you'll pick up a lot, especially you coming from a teacher's yeah. background. In class, you yeah. deal with so many children, so you can see which ones are easily distracted, so, yeah. right, and what their struggles are. Um, one one of the th routines that we'll do is that uh, before you start a lesson is that making sure that they remove anything from the desk, literally anything, oh, and even when they were using devices, uh, make sure that they close their laptops, in because sometimes it's easy for them to just Google something. Yes, and, you know, <clears throat> and it's their device, so you, they obviously have apps and everything, so. Any Close. movement exactly. is distracting it's them. It's distracting them. So, so yeah, we just make sure that you clear the area and have all the things that they need for their lessons specifically. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it really helps and it, it helps them to concentrate at that time. Mm. And this also touches on the tips that would, we'll be talking about yes. it later. And also they can't wait for their turn. Most yes. of the time, they're impatient. Yes. You would see, you find them that they can't just wait while another child is still doing a task. Yes. Or they have to, even during conversation, they just uh, interrupt others while they're talking. Yes. And this also comes uh, back in when they're having social skills. Oh, yes. Because it touches their social skills, and other kids, they tend to push them back because yes. obviously they don't like when they're not listened to yeah. and they speak they they're quite talkative most and it's quite sad actually if you think about it that they because a lot of the times i find with adhd children who struggle with the social part mm -hmm. they don't realize when they've interrupted someone they don't mm -hmm. realize their impulsive actions yeah. and behaviors and has an effect on others and then directly has effect on them regards mm -hmm. to their relationships with their peers or family members or friends or you know so it does affect them and you mentioned a nice story that I liked yeah. about how you make them aware of it can you share that with me yeah yeah so I had this one student that had ADHD and I was doing in support class with him and normally what I would do with after he had that incident I would take him and we had these inclusion rooms and we'll talk about it and ask him did you think you've heard maybe lena for instance just to make an example um and he would think about it no why he would ask me 
like no if you say that to your friend it makes them feel sad you think you've hurt them because you've said that and then only then when they're processing it outside the incident it yes. will dawn to them that oh i actually did oh i'm so sorry miss. I, will not, mm. no, I will not do it again you know and those are instances that or incidences that you see that yeah. it, there's more to it than a child being naughty yes. than a child just uh, trying to hurt his friend but yes. it is an impulse issue that they have they just speak whatever that comes to their mind yeah. they don't think about what they're going to say yes. and that is something that also they can be trained on but as a parent, you would also obviously uh, pick up on that. And yes, children at the age, at the early age of their lives, obviously they don't think what they're going to say most of the time. Yes. But they get to an age where they are able to think and they know they're considerate yes. uh, to other people's feelings and all of that. Yes. So there is a slight difference yes. in that. And parents also should be aware and say, no. My yeah. child has ADHD, you know, sometimes it's just training them in understanding yeah. the difference and you will see that it would be a bit more yeah. than a normal. As a teacher, do you think like having that coaching at school and let's say at home as well, yeah. uh, you know, coaching and creating that awareness with these kids is part of a, of a process that they take that will help them become more aware of the situation so that they can avoid these things in the future. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Making them, so, it, it also touches on self-awareness, yes. making them being self-aware of their actions, their decisions, and their, I would say, behavior. Yeah. It makes them understand their world yes. around them and also interact with people and yeah. their social skills. It's then being developed. So I think that is part of the holistic yes. approach of teaching that where you just don't look at academia, that yes. they need to pass and all of that, but touches also on their social uh, yes. interaction because if they're not happy and if they're being pushed back by their kids, definitely when you give them a lesson or a worksheet, they will not want yeah. to engage in that because what's they use, my friends don't yeah. like me. Yeah. But if they're happy with their friends, if they understand their friends, then they're able to also yeah. just engage in lessons. Yeah. So yeah. It, it does make a huge, huge impact. Yeah, I can imagine. That would really make a big difference yeah. to the child. Because so, having the struggle as it is and then dealing with social mm. issues could be quite a lot of things to deal yeah. with. You yeah. know, then it's not just external things, it's mm. also internal things that they have to deal with that we don't see yeah. necessarily. Yeah the battle that they fight in yeah. their minds, you know, yes. and also maybe being told by their friends that, oh, you should talk too much or whatever they get. They, the case may be because kids obviously don't have a way of, uh, I would say, telling their friends to stop doing things. You just yeah. tell them that, like it is, bluntly yeah. so. And having those things that have been said by their friends, negative things, so that you talk too much, you do this, or obviously they... Yeah. It comes to them inside, consciously, unconsciously, and it deals with their yeah. confidence, which, which is one of the things we spoke about before we start recording, yes. that it does touches on their confidence and Absolutely. their personality. Absolutely. Yeah, so it, it really does make a huge difference. And I think 
that we parents, teachers should really be aware of their kids' social skills mm -hmm. only and not just expect kids to come with uh, A scripts only and like, oh, yeah. this is doing well, but check as a parent, how are they socially? Check, check as a teacher, yes. how are they socially? Because that affects them so much yes, in how they, they, they will perform in class and outside. Yeah, and ideally we're trying to eliminate as much you know, giving them challenges and they they already have challenges, yeah. but yeah. so not bubbling them yeah. per se, but giving them the right kind of challenges yes. that they could cope with. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. And yeah. another one would be um, loss of track of time. They lose track oh, of time. Yes. Yeah, once they they're do. in an activity, they just want to continue in that activity, yes. or they just want to play, 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 play whatever activities they're doing. So they do lose track of time most of the time. Yeah. And difficulty planning and organization. That's the main one, yeah. right? One yeah. of the biggest ones. One of the biggest ones. And it will, it will touch on our next topic, which is uh, executive uh, functioning. Yes. That we're going to talk about in our next uh, session. So, yeah, looking forward to yeah. that one. Yeah. Yeah, so the next thing uh, I wanted to talk about was the diagnosis and treatments. Yeah. So usually, depending on the country, because uh, um, different countries have different professionals that do that, but it's, usually it's like a, neuro, a neurologist, mm -hmm. sorry, neurologist or an educational psychologist yeah. that usually does the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And treatments for that, there's a few. Uh, medication is one of them. I know there are people prone and not prone mm -hmm. to use medication. medication, so that's each individual's decision. With or without medication, you could also do um, behavioral therapy, you could also do occupational therapy, which helps with the hyperactivity That's side. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, occupational therapy is amazing. It's amazing. It really is amazing. There's so many different activities that the occupational therapists have that stimulate certain parts of the brain and body mm -hmm. to get them to a point where they don't feel like they need to burst out from all this energy. They actually get to calm down and then there's that gap that you could use to work with them where mm. they could actually focus and they don't have the need as much to as bounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because yeah. sometimes they do need that. Mm. They do. All right, next we'll be looking at the tips, uh, giving our tips and how to deal with them because sometimes you're thinking, okay, I have a child. Um, I think they might have ADHD. How do I deal with it? And one of the main things I think, if possible, I say this because I know some countries, um, these uh, specialists and other people are not available or they're quite expensive. So collaboration is one of the biggest main thing. Yes. Working with the teacher, working with the specialist, whether it's OT, and working also with the parent. So that triangle yes. helps to better the child's uh, performance. Absolutely. Because what you're doing in class, the, the teacher is doing in class, parents can instill it. And then the OT can also instill it. So basically what is done by the OT can be done by the teacher, yes. can be done also by the parent at home. Yes. And I know that in the UAE, you will have learning support that will actually come in and work directly with the teacher and the OT. So the OT would tip over 
what they are doing and they will have an IEP that is written in individual educational plan of a child and then what we then do is that the the learning support will come in we either do intervention like pull out take a child to yes. the different class small class where they will yeah. have one to one with them or sit in class while the teacher is still teaching helping them to calm down yeah. like giving them breaks uh, whenever they're, they're tired or they just need to move yes. around you know that collaboration is amazing and it really makes a big difference it, it does it really does. It does it does and having the the IEP also helps quite a yes. lot. Yeah. IEP, yes, IEP, yeah. educational plan, that yeah. helps so yeah. much. Yeah, it? yeah. It, it really, really helps. And fidget toys, this one. is <laughs> <laughs> a tricky one. It, it, it is, is a, a tricky, tricky one. one. Yeah. It is a tricky one because um, one of the students that I worked with, um, he used to have the fidget toy. And then he will start playing like <laughs> <laughs> Because they have such great imaginations, you yes. see, and that's, it's not a bad thing, but we need those moments where they can listen in the class and yeah. focus on the work that's being taught, right? So having that separation from imagination to education, exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't help with kids yeah. with big imagination. Exactly. So yeah. you have to find out what works and which fidget toy will yes. work because they can generally use anything yes. from a pencil to a razor a ruler ruler anything they can use you yes. know so you have to find out what how, what works for the child you're using mm -hmm. you're working with or your your child whatever yeah. the case may be it, it you you just need to find out what works with them yes. so after seeing that i'm like oh <laughs> no fidgets. No fidgets. Any fidget toys, yeah. You know? I suppose it depends on the child and the need. Because yeah. I know a lot of the times there are kids with um, other kinds of sensory needs where they need soothing. They need mm. to be soothed yes. by, let's say, a teddy or a blanket. or a, I know it's not ideal at school. I'm just using mm. it as an example. Maybe it's a, a texture of a eraser mm. or, a, you know, like a rubbery, yeah. soft silicone. There's usually that. Mm. Something that's soothing, that would yeah. be fine. So it all depends on the situation, I think, and yeah. the individual and what could work. Yeah. Are they extremely imaginative? Then fidget stuff. Yeah. No, it will not go. We, we, we stopped using fidget toys for him and it yeah. really worked. But you have to, when you stop, you have to find something yes. else that will help them yes. to, yeah. And sitting in front of the classroom really helps. Oh, yes. Yeah, it really helps. And a buddy, a buddy that could make them to yes. actually progress and do things, not a buddy that would actually be help in. playing with them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take part in the imagination story. Exactly. So when you say buddy, would that be uh, like, could you give more? details on yeah that. so a buddy could actually be a classmate anyone okay. in the class anyone in the class maybe um, a child that is you could say slightly does better than him or even a stronger a, academic a strong child. yes yes that's the word strong academic child okay. and someone that is also i would say more of it that has possessed a leadership that would lead him oh, into doing things because you also want someone that will influence him. Yes. Like, let's, let's do it now. Stop doing that. Okay. Let's do it again, you know. Because sometimes kids tend to listen to their friends than they would do to oh, a teacher. Do. They learn more from their peers than they do from yeah. 
others from others. So that's buddy. It, it really works. Okay, it wow. really works. But also changing them once in a while, okay. not the whole year, because sometimes they get bored yes. of them, or you know, you. I would say you use your own discretion and yes. see what works. So changing them around, uh, yes. around the class with different people also helps to create relationships, yes. friendships with other kids. Uh, so yeah, it, it really helps to okay. have a buddy sitting in front. And regular breaks, I've already mentioned that. It yes. helps to a visual chart. This one helps a lot. The visual chart, yes. Visual. Or anything visual. Anything yeah. visual, yeah. especially the younger ones. Yeah, the bigger, the older ones, we could say they could use a to-do list. You could write a list oh, for yeah, them. Oh, yeah, like a checklist. Like a checklist, yeah. yeah. Or in the board, which is most teachers, I know, in the UAE do that. They will have a timetable written literally yes. on the top corner where they will see and every lesson, yeah. kids will just scratch it out. Like you were telling I me. Have, yeah, I have, yeah, I have that with my kids. I do, because, we, because of, I do homeschooling. So it helps to prepare them for the day to mm -hmm. say, these are the subjects we have for the day. And my oldest, which has dyslexia, he's the one that usually goes and ticks off as we've completed each mm. task or each, each subject. So it, I could see it really makes a big difference to his life. And we also have, uh, what I usually do is I print out monthly calendars. Mm. And I usually have the current month we're working in mm. and the month in advance. Mm. So it shows exactly which days and which weeks we've completed and what's lying ahead. So there's that visual. Mm. Um, so he has that subconsciously, which helps him plan his life ahead mm. as well. Yeah. And that really gives them the sense of ease if they know what's coming. Yeah. That's true. But the younger ones, the visual chart, uh, what we'll do, we have like literally pictures of... Oh, yeah. Uh, That's so nice. And it's cute yeah. too. <laughs> so you have a picture of maybe the first thing we... Sing an assembly. We at the we at the assembly yeah. singing, and then you have a picture of PE and the teacher, PE teacher, yes. and then you have music, and then that music teacher, and then you have maybe snack time. Then you show them, you take a picture of them while they're eating snack, and then you show them. Then after that, we're going to go oh. to the large playground, yeah. so they know. And then after each, uh, I would say, program is done mm -hmm. or each period, they will just remove the pictures. So they know, and it gives them the sense of uh, achievement. Like, yes. Oh, I've done this. That yes. dopamine it kicks in, and they're like, "Oh, I've done that. I finished this." Have you seen the difference in having them not prepared with a visual something yeah. versus having that visual so that they can feel that sense of "I know it's coming." Yeah, uh, they, they. I have seen the difference because it helps them with transition. Yes, because sometimes uh, what also helps is that tell them five uh, minutes before yes. that uh, five minutes left we are about to leave uh, we're going to music now let's prepare for music yes. so they are able to disengage yes. from what they're doing so that they can start uh, what's this they can prepare themselves yeah. mentally for the next period yes. where else if you just stop them abruptly like okay guys tidy up let's go and that's one of the things that they also struggle with, sorry, is the ability to work between two different tasks or yeah. more. Yeah. 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 So that's actually a really nice way yeah. of preparing them. Of preparing them. So for the next. For the subject. next uh, subject or period. So it, it really helps a lot. Yeah. You do see the difference and they don't freak out and you avoid those meltdowns. 
yeah. or whatever the case, tantrums, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Because if they're like that going to a next period, definitely maybe for the first 10, five minutes in that period will not yeah. be an easy one for them. Yeah. And they might behave otherwise yeah. because they are still upset. That they need to be prepared yeah, emotionally they, and mentally. For yeah, it. they really need to be, need yeah. to be prepared. And the last one would be reward systems, and I know we discussed about this. Yes, and we want also. to, yeah, we want to tread carefully on it because uh, there are pros and cons, yeah. and it depends how you're doing. Yeah, especially as a teacher and also as a parent, yes. you know, and you want them to learn the life lessons at the yes. same time, and you don't. I would say bribery. Yeah. Some yes. parents say, find it as if it's bribery. You can call it bribery. Yeah. I, I have to say <clears throat> that was a tricky one for me. And think it sounds so simple when you say reward system, but actually it's not, especially if you don't know exactly what kind of rewards are put in place, because mm. that's where it becomes tricky, is knowing what is the right kind of reward and also something that they would latch onto. Mm. Like, oh, it, it intrigues their curiosity. And the willingness to actually do something so it's very tricky to find that reward but also balancing it with mm. an appropriate reward without it becoming mm. a, a bad habitual thing if I could put it that way yeah so I did read a book uh, once which is a guy that I really love reading uh, his books and he's got podcasts and things it's he's James Dobson Dr. James Dobson and he talks he's got a lot of parenting books which is amazing and he specifically, the topic that he spoke about was uh, having a reward system and how he explained it was. And mm. that really just gave me a different perspective on it. Because I used to think, no, I don't do bribing. It just doesn't mm. work. And he just changed my perception on that completely. So how he explained it was we all, in, as humans in life, we all work for a reward at the end of the month, which is our salaries, right? So it's not a bad thing to have a reward system, but it's balancing the right type of reward. So you can't pay the money for everything because that's not how it works. So mm. you have to try and find, it goes as per individual. So let's use it for a teenager, you'll have a different reward than you'll have for a toddler or a, a, pre, a primary school, you know. So, and also finding, yeah, just finding that, that right reward. Yeah. Not dangerous, not yeah. something that's going to enable bad behavior mm. or bad mm. um, psychology, yeah. <laughs> if I could put it that way, from yeah. the child side. Yeah. yeah. And moral, you moral. know. Yeah, yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely in that. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think we, we should stop there. <laughs> yeah. We should stop there. And parents and teachers will use their own discretion yeah. in how they, they do it. Mm. And yeah, it, yeah. There's lots of tips on websites and mm. YouTube videos. Yeah. Yes, there they are a lot of uh, YouTube videos that you can check on and just look into that, especially with the reward system. And I know that also Montessori uh, has a different one in how they do their positive they and reinforcement. Yeah. They actually have a lovely one. As yeah, well. yeah it, it actually has a lovely one. Yeah. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in. And Therese is going to give us tips and tell us what we're going to be looking at next year. Yes, so um, for now, we'll just share some YouTube videos and links, uh, more things related to ADHD. 
So next week, we'll be looking more into detail when it comes to executive functioning. Lots of interesting stuff to learn there as well that I found very fascinating. So I can't wait. Stay tuned. Yes. Okay. For next yes. week. Yes. Please check on our description for self-assessments that you can do at home, website, YouTube videos. And yeah, thank you for tuning in. See you next time.